0: Lover of mysteries? A seeker of the unknown? If so, welcome to Hidden, a podcast that takes a closer look at the shadowed fringes of our society. Join us every other Wednesday as we pull back the curtain to discuss all things cults, cryptids, and conspiracies.
1: Hi, my name is Braxton Ray, professor of cultology, though I do actually have a degree in religious studies.
0: And I'm Parker Graham, resident amateur cryptozoologist, here to put my film degree to use. All right, today's episode is very special. It is the first in our series of Wacky Wednesdays.
1: Now, what is a Wacky Wednesday, Parker?
0: Okay, so Wacky Wednesday, unlike Weird Wednesday or mm-hmm. Wicked Wednesday, yes. is about conspiracies. Ooh. I would say that a conspiracy would be an explanation of an event that's kind of contrary to popular understandings or history like surrounding an event or evidence that we've already witnessed. It's going to be a little bit contradictory to those things. Um, It's also usually going to involve, like, illegal or harmful acts done by, like, some menacing shadow organization or, like, a puppet master type figure. Conspiracy is generally a derogatory term, like, conspiracy theorists and theories and such, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun.
1: Okay, so we're talking, like, moon landing was fake stuff, or are we talking, like, um, false flag shooter things? What, What are we talking here?
0: Okay, well, some examples of popular conspiracies would be, like, the Illuminati, so, um, you know, like, uh, big menacing organizations, or, like, 9-11 being an inside job, you know, Bush planned the whole thing.
1: Jet fuel can't melt steel beams. Exactly.
0: So that's one that everybody's probably heard of. And then you have the ones that are just really out there, but pretty benign, like Hillary Clinton and the upper political echelon being reptilian overlords oh in disguise. Oh
1: gosh, that's my favorite one. I hope it's true. <laughs>
0: I'm not sure if I hope it's true, but y'all get the general gist of what we're talking about here. That's going to be what we mean by conspiracies, just for this podcast. And now, the mysterious case of Avril Levine. So if you're not familiar with Avril Levine, she is a singer-songwriter and actress from Belleville, Canada. She was pretty popular in the early 2000s amongst the uh, skater-punk variety of people and those who were really into pop music. She kind of brought pop punk to the forefront of mainstream media. She was born in 1984. She was on stage with the likes of Shania Twain by age 15. And at 16, she had already signed a two-album recording deal with Arista Records. Um, She was known amongst critics as a pop punk queen. And she kind of paved the way for female-driven punk bands. So you might be wondering, well, what's so special and conspiracy-worthy of you know, a pop-punk singer from the mid-2000s.
1: Yeah, like, honestly, the most interesting thing I know about her is that she somehow married the lead singer of Nickelback.
0: You know, I totally forgot about that. That is interesting. Um, I'm not sure if I would want to try to think of any conspiracies concerning that. Like, I kind of left the Nickelback days behind me. No offense <laughs> to anyone out there listening. It's just, a I didn't even, for me, it was definitely a phase.
1: I didn't even know you had that phase.
0: I did, but that's not what this podcast is about, no, is it? <laughs> Anyway, um, you might be asking yourself, you know, what could possibly, what conspiracy could possibly revolve around Avril Lavigne? Well, the answer to that is she apparently might actually not be alive anymore. And we currently are just witnessing a double. What? Yep, exactly. A doppelganger. Someone done pulled the bamboozle on us. They replaced Avril Lavigne with a double. Yep, that's right. Apparently, Avril Lavigne might have been switched with a doppelganger named Melissa Vandella. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. So let's let's go ahead and dive into this. So the theory started in 2012 and still kind of echoes around through the internet to this day, making the rounds kind of like a nasty STD or a very strong meme. Oh gosh, <laughs> yeah, it's that prevalent. It's pretty bad. It started with a Brazilian fan blog called Avril esta morta, which I'm pretty sure translates to Avril is dead. The blog suggests that Avril's untimely demise was due to a rapid increase in fame, along with a rapid increase in depression.
1: So kind of like what um, most people attribute Kurt's, like Kurt Cobain's death to.
0: Yeah, exactly. Just the stress of popularity, I suppose, Mm -hmm. in a sense. Hollywood is killer, y'all. So the rapid rise to fame caused depression, and supposedly it was due to the uh, popularity of her album Let Go and the subsequent pressure to follow that up quickly with something just as good, if not better. It kind of goes with that age-old adage, all that glitters isn't gold. So we've seen that a lot in celebrities that we know today, like Justin Bieber, for example, or Robert Downey Jr., even Brendan Urey, the lead singer of Panic at the Disco, recently made a song and a whole music video dedicated to just how um, brutal it can be living in the limelight. And then we have um, televangelists
1: like Pat Robertson who would probably say that all those people's depression or things like that or body double-inducing deaths are because of pacts that they made with the devil somewhere along the way. Kind of like a Robert Johnson at the Crossroads moment.
0: Sure. Although that has nothing to do with Avril Lavigne being swapped with the doppelganger, you are right, I suppose. Anyway, back to the topic at hand. Uh, the blog also claimed that Avril hired a lookalike to throw paparazzi off, kind of like Britney Spears supposedly did. Now, this is where things get interesting. The double was supposedly named Melissa Vandela, and we get that name not through any sort of real person that I could locate anywhere <laughs> on the internet, but from a photo shoot that Avril did, I think back in like 2002 or 2003, in which on her fist, written in Sharpie ink, was the name Melissa. I couldn't really figure out what this was about. Uh, Every time I looked up the photo, I only got more results about this conspiracy theory, actually. So I guess that's all that she wrote. (laughs) But anywho, they were supposedly good friends, and Melissa felt the need to take up the mantle of Levine after she committed suicide in uh, 2003 supposedly. Allegedly, according to this theory. (laughs) The album Let Go was massively popular, really hard to follow up. Just to give you an idea, it went platinum six times and was the biggest pop hit of 2002. So, yeah, I could understand maybe a little bit of stress there, but apparently this was too much for her, and also in the wake of trying to uh, follow up with this album, her grandpa passed away. Hmm. So the toil of fame and just the stress of life, you know, her interpersonal relationships there and everything else going on in the world might have been too much for her. So this in itself probably wouldn't be enough to convince very many people that Avril Lavigne was dead and replaced by a really, really good lookalike, right? More supposed evidence that lends itself to this theory comes from the 2004 follow-up to Let Go called Under My Skin. Now, some fans already had it in their mind that this singer might not be Avril, so when they heard the darker, heavier, post-grunge feels to the lyrics in Under My Skin, they started to question even harder. This led to some hardcore analyses to the lyrics of certain songs, such as Nobody's Home, My Happy Ending, and Together. Along with this, pictures started surfacing on the internet, uh, claiming that skin blemishes such as freckles or calcium deposits, you know, usual teenage like skin problems, weren't matching up between pre-let-go Avril and post-let-go Avril. Conveniently, it seemed as if Melissa might also be leaving clues within the lyrics themselves. Hmm. So, for example, like I said, uh, nobody's home. She wants to go home, but nobody's home. It's where she lies, broken inside, with no place to go, no place to go to dry her eyes, broken inside.
1: I mean, to be fair, this was the mid-2000s. That does sound sort of like the poems and lyrics I was writing in the mid-2000s.
0: Uh, I would agree. I uh, obviously don't have any, like, personal experience in that at all whatsoever. At least not in 2003. I was nine. I wouldn't... yeah, that wouldn't have been an issue.
1: Yeah, 2004 was when I discovered Yellow Card. (laughs)
0: okay that's fair but anywho my happy ending is next there's a lyric that says don't leave me hanging in a city so dead held up so high on such a breakable thread and in the song together the truth comes to me and i'm living a lie and to some fans this stood out as striking evidence and clues to the fact that melissa was mourning avril and trying to let true fans know that avril was no more
1: okay now, I have a huge question so far about all this. I totally get the whole, like, oh, Melissa looks similar to Avril, her lyric writing would still be, like, decent quality, like, chartable, because, I mean, let's be honest, the music execs would be helping both of them write, but, and this is also my whole thing with the whole Paul McCartney is dead theory how in the world would you get a vocal double of Avril? Like, does this theory address that at all?
0: I have no clue if it does. I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of people that would say, like, you know, the the audio, um, the musical equivalent of, like, oh, movie magic. Or maybe mm. some people would take it even deeper and say, like, did we ever really hear Avril? No oh, shoot. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. But that's a question for another day. This isn't an audio <laughs> engineering episode. Lovely. Thank
1: the good Lord above.
0: Well, anywho, um, another piece of evidence, which I believe I already mentioned, was a photo shoot where Avril was seen with her fist in front of her face and the name Melissa written in permanent ink on the front of it. Not really sure what that was about. Again, couldn't find too much. Going along in the vein of Avril not seeming very much like Avril after Let Go, in 2013, she dropped a music video called Hello Kitty, now, uh, it wasn't very notable. Like, honestly, I didn't even remember that it was a thing. Didn't make any big splashes. Billboard actually called it abhorrent and lazy. <laughs> uh, it generally got poor reviews, and it was questionably culturally offensive. It kind of fetishized Japan, Japanese culture, and it was in the vein of, like, oh, super kawaii, you know, not, um, not exactly the best representation of Japan, and definitely not in line with Avril's pop-punk persona that everybody had fallen in love with. It was really off the wall.
1: Yeah, Skater Boy and Hello Kitty don't seem at all like two sides of the same coin.
0: Nah, definitely not. I mean, I've seen weirder dichotomies, but, like, that just doesn't seem like Avril's style. So, Hello Kitty and somewhat offensive YouTube videos aside, let's move forward in time a little bit. Let's move on to the now. Uh, Let's see how this has affected pop culture in like our day and age Yeah. since this has made the rounds over the past, what, like six years at least. Mm -hmm. So there are a couple of different places that actually covered this story at different lengths. Vice did an article on it. Uh, If you're not familiar with Vice, Vice is a digital media and broadcasting company that started up in Montreal, Canada. It has a few different platforms like um, they have a magazine and they have an online site and... uh, they also do different, like, videos and little mini-series and documentaries and such.
1: Vice tries to kind of be really edgy in the stuff that it covers. So it covers a lot of stuff about, like, conspiracies or, like, actual, like, hard-hitting journalism, like, um, war zone coverage or things like that. Like, they actually got an interview with ISIS behind ISIS's lines, like...
0: Yeah, it's pretty impressive. And to be fair, a lot of their media doesn't seem too biased one way or the other. They kind of present evidence and let you take what you will from it. They did that a little bit more tongue-in-cheek with the whole Avril Lavigne thing. They didn't directly say in their article that um, it was a hoax, but it was, you know, very heavily implied that most of the article was sarcastic. This article went viral. It was shared tens of thousands of times. And it's one of the ones that frequently makes the rounds with this whole conspiracy theory. Uh, Next, we have Gawker. Gawker is an American blog that focuses on celebrities and the media uh, industry. So it's kind of similar to Vice. um, Probably a little less kitschy and edgy, you know. (laughs) They're a pretty big name in the media world, at least online. So, yeah, they did an article. Next, we have one of my favorites. Godlike Productions. What? Now, Godlike Productions is a large forum for conspiracy theorists, UFO sightings, and other fringe material. How have I not heard of this? Uh, You know, honestly, I had only ever heard of it mentioned once or twice before, and I didn't realize what it was until I dug deep into this Avril Levine theory. <laughs> they have uh an extensive little thread on this. Probably going to touch on them more again in the coming days, because we're always looking for good source material for... Mm -hmm. Something that really lines up with this podcast pretty well, apparently. One of my favorite articles that have been written about this is by Snopes. Now, Snopes is really cool. Snopes is an online fact-checking website, and it breaks down urban legends, rumors, and general misinformation that's spread about the internet.
1: Let me guess, they had to go and be killjoys.
0: They did have to be killjoys on this (sighs) one. But hey, at least they sounded really exasperated. Usually, uh, the Snopes articles that I see are very... Just fact-based, um, this one was too, but this one sounded exceptionally exasper- uh, exasperated by the material, and it even mentioned that this goes around on the internet multiple times. So Snopes has probably... i it a couple different times.
1: So, so Snopes was kind of probably treating it then like those little chain emails you used to get back like pre-2008, like the forward, 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 re-forward, watch out, there's a gang initiation going around where... They're gonna, they're gonna hide under your car and they're gonna, they're gonna slash your ankles while you're pumping your gas.
0: And steal your turtles.
1: Yeah, oh, they love them turtles.
0: Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Snopes covered it, and they extensively, you know, broke down the facts and like they seemed really irritated that they even had to convince people that Avril Levine was, in fact herself and still very much alive right now. The uh, biggest appearance that it's made in pop culture since the blog post uh, from 2012 is actually from the same Brazilian blog. Hmm. So in 2015, the um, author of the blog updated and admitted that the whole thing was a hoax. What? Yeah. Uh, The dude or dudette admitted that they uh, just made up the theory to try to prove a point. And that point is that we're really good at believing things that are told to us through the internet. No. Yep. Uh, so they literally just wanted to see how far this was spread and prove that with really, really basic Google searches at hand, people would still fall for something like this. If they gave any sort of credence, you know, any sort of little bit of evidence that could possibly be strewn in the, light, in the in a certain light, you know, a light that suggests that Avril Lavigne has a doppelganger, that people would pick up on it and they would hold to it fast. And I don't think they realized how big this would blow up. But uh, we as humans, as I've seen so far, are really good at justifying our own thoughts and actions and why wouldn't we end up fooling ourselves every now and then, you know? So that kind of uh, leads me into uh, the personal theories section of this one. You remember we had that in Mothman and our other ones. Oh yeah, Uh uh-huh. Well, this one is pretty sweet and short. I think this is about as fake as North Dakota, y'all. So, uh, the blog admitted in 2015 that the theory was fake. Collectively, we can be really gullible if something is circulating on the internet enough and gains enough traction, like, all those stupid things on Facebook that are like, oh, put this in your messages so that Facebook won't start charging you for having an account. You know, stuff like that. Stuff that your aunt sends you on the daily. You know. Also, it was just too convenient. Everything about the story is too convenient. The fact that the doppelganger, Melissa, would purposefully try to tell people that she was a doppelganger. Like, she was hinting at it and leaving clues in the lyrics to the songs and, you know. Yeah, just too convenient. It's really funny, though. I will admit that. This theory made me laugh. It was a good read. And I really appreciate how extensive and deep this goes. Like, it wasn't just, like, um, one of those, you know, really uh, creepypasta, like, Reddit thread-type deals where it's, like, better watch out for the Slender Man, you know? Um, And, you know, really hard to believe unless you're a psychotic 13-year-old who's stab-happy. That's another story for another podcast, though. Google's your friend. Anywho, um, this one actually seemed like people were really trying to prove it. Like, it didn't seem necessarily that there were these people that were just perpetuating it for giggles. Like, there definitely seemed to be some people that were really into this, and they tried to get their story together. The facts were um, a little too strong, though, for this to really, like, hold up against too much scrutiny, but it was definitely enough that I actually wanted to read and look into it. Okay. You know?
1: Now... First off, I think the good people of North Dakota would take umbrage at you calling their state a myth. That is, if there actually were people, because North Dakota does not actually exist. Because, I mean, just think about it. The idea of a state of around a million people sitting, like, in the vast planes getting down to, like, minus 40 in the winter and actually wanting to live there? Preposterous.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But that's not what this episode's about. Th-
1: that's true. Okay. This this conspiracy theory, I would have to say, I'm going, you've convinced me. You've convinced me. You've um, given me all the Wait, the facts. Oh, no. I, I will not let this conspiracy theory rest. I will not Practicing. not believe it no. un- until oh. Oh. Melissa, or Avril, as she likes to be called, goes on the friggin' Jerry Springer show and does a DNA test reveal to prove that she is actually Avril.
0: What have I done? Um, You've enlightened me. Oh, well, you know, that seems like a really good segue into uh, wrapping this up, actually. So... <laughs> Remember, if you listened to our last episode, or excuse me, not our last episode, episode before last um, on Mothman, I had a little uh, cryptid stat sort of uh, deal at the end where mm. I kind of was like rating the cryptid. Well, this one is going to have a conspiracy meter. Ooh. So we're going to talk about story construction, popularity, believability, and then our own personal ratings. So this won't be short and sweet for y'all. There wasn't too much substance to the story, so we're not going to have to, like, analyze this too deeply. So for story construction, uh, out of a 1 to 10, I'll give it, like, a 4, maybe a 5, because there actually was some sort of storyline to it, and it had a little bit of... Certain aspects of it were somewhat believable, like, you know, like Avril maybe being super stressed and depressed after Let Go, because... That would be a lot of stress on, like, what, she would have been, like, 17, 18 at that point. That would be a lot of stress on a teenager to follow up something that hit so big, like, that went so big, you know? And then on top of that, having her grandpa pass away, you know, like, I can see those parts of the story being plausible. Obviously, it starts falling apart a little bit when we start talking about pictures where her skin blemishes are changing, because everybody knows that zits are permanent, but, you know, that's beside the point popularity, this is a strong, like, a strong eight, because this thing has been making the rounds consistently for at least six years, and it has a strong following of people who actually believe that it's true. So, yeah, on top of that, you have places like Vice and Snopes, like, doing stuff on it. So, I mean, well, I don't feel like it takes too much for Snopes. I take that back. Okay, but still, Vice, like, Vice actually had an article on it, and... I think Indie 100 also did a, um, an article on it. Uh, believability. Now this for me is not so much on, is it entirely believable? Like, oh yes, you've, uh, you've convinced me, but more so did it make me think? Mm. Did I actually feel the need to try to figure out if this might have some sort of credence to it? Mm -hmm. And that one, I would give it a, I'll give it a six, because I did feel some desire to dig deeper and get some facts on this and figure out why someone would believe this. Because, yes, it does yeah. sound outrageous at first, but um, just, like, the train of thought and, like, the whole storyline and, like, just how in-depth everything got, like, yeah. yeah. It definitely made me think. So okay. it gets, it gets, like, a six on that one. So overall personal rating for Conspiracy, I'm gonna give it a six because it wasn't, like... Really deep and intricate, like say something that we might discuss later, like the Kennedy assassination, like it wasn't anything like that, but it also was definitely more plausible than, say Hillary Clinton being a lizard woman, so yeah, yeah,
1: um, no the the reptilians wouldn't have put Hillary in that position if anybody is a reptilian. I would say it's Queen Elizabeth, because look at her. She, you know, she secretly, like, runs the world. I mean, for goodness sake, she's the head of state of 16 countries.
0: That is quite impressive. I never stopped to think about that. Okay, we're putting that down on the story notes. But yeah, that's uh, that's my conspiracy meter on it. Did you want to throw anything in on that?
1: You know, I I think I've already said my piece on this. I, I think there are just some things in life that we're gonna have to agree to disagree on. Also, Melissa, if, if you if you were listening to this, email us hidden at gmail.com. We can help. So yeah, no. Um, I, I, I think you summed it up pretty well.
0: Thanks, Braxton. Well anywho, so that's it for today's podcast. I hope y'all enjoyed it. Um, Feel free to leave comments on the episodes. Uh, We leave comments available on the website if you click on each episode. And if you liked it, like, please let us know. Give us a follow. We have an RSS feed. We're on iTunes. We're going to be up on Stitcher soon. We have Google Play. Uh, We also have a Facebook and a Twitter account. Mm -hmm. So if you're wanting uh, to stay up to date on all the goings-ons of The Hidden Podcast.
1: You, you can find all of that on our website at www.hiddenpodcasts.com.
0: And as always, dear precious listeners, stay spooky! spooky.